Kia ora. Hope you're having a good lead up to Christmas, however you're spending it. And thanks for having the radio on in our final week of afternoons. Time for our regular segment, New Zealand Sporting History. And our guest is a renowned New Zealand surf champion, the first Kiwi woman to qualify for the ASP, ASP Women's World Tour. At just 17 years old, Paige Harab hit the international surfing circuit and she hasn't looked back. It's a pleasure to welcome her to our show today. Hi, Paige. Hey, how are you? Good, thank you. I know how busy you are. Thank you so much for spending a bit of time with us this afternoon. How are you feeling in the lead-up to Christmas? Um, pretty relaxed. I just tried to go into town in New Plymouth and it's um, pretty busy in there, so it's <laughs> nice to be... Back at Oakuta by the beach. Yeah, okay. So you started in Oakuta and, and you're back there now? Yes, yeah. I uh, grew up here and, yeah, my parents have been here forever. So, yes, yeah, I think it will always be home. Oh, that's nice. Can you tell us a bit about your early life? Um, yeah, I grew, grew up here in Oakuta, uh Tried to surf every day at the beach after school. <laughs> and yeah, played lots of other different sports as well. And um, yeah, that was pretty much my life for the first 15 or 16 years. And then uh, surfing kind of took over. Was that just what you did if you lived around there? You surfed? Um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of surfers here. Um, Dad surfed, so he was the one that got me into it. And uh, at some point you kind of overtook him, did you? Yeah. Yeah, that was ages ago. He'll <laughs> probably try and argue <laughs> argue that. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, nah, he's um, definitely, yeah, been a big role in part of my surfing. Uh-huh. And you just loved it from the get-go? Yeah. Um, just always, yeah, loved the water and the beach. Um, but I loved a lot of sport growing up and when it kind of did when they started clashing I had to decide uh what ones I liked the best and um yeah obviously surfing came out on top just because it kind of was the the most fun sport out of all the other ones I was doing and um yeah just felt pretty relaxed doing it um is it true that you also considered professional football as a career Yes, I did. I was in uh, the New Zealand Soccer Academy for a while, and I also was in the Wanaka Ski Racing Academy. Um, but yeah, surfing was the winner. <laughs> I, I guess soccer might have been a safer choice. You know, no matter how good you are at surfing, you'll find yourself in some pretty hairy situations from time to time, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, but I don't know, I guess you get used to the ocean and learn to read it pretty well. Um, it's always going to be bigger and more powerful than you, so you kind of have to respect it too. But uh, yeah, I've been pretty lucky with um, injuries and stuff over the years. In fact, we got a, uh, a message from someone who was listening earlier and they wondered if you could give them any advice on how to fall when you come off your board because they've had a few uh, tough times over the years. Any any tips? <laughs> um, I guess if you're in the shallow water, um, it's almost better to try to do a, a belly flop or a back flop so you don't go head first into the sand or reef. Um and, yeah, just try and fall, I guess, as, as light as you can <laughs> and away from your board. Okay. Thank you. 
Was it um, unusual to be a woman entering into the world of surfing back when you started? Um, I think it was probably harder than what it is now. Um, growing up here in Taranaki, I was one of the only women or girls in the water. Um, so, yeah, you definitely, I guess, around a lot of boys and men, which can be tough sometimes, they, they can be quite dominant um, in the water. And, um, yeah, but it's definitely, there's so many more girls and women doing it now, which is pretty cool to see. And it does kind of change the vibe in the water a lot of the time too. I'm sure you're partly responsible for that. It must be kind of cool for younger girls to see what you've achieved and think, oh, that's a, that's a sport that I can, that's open to me as well. Yeah, I, I don't really think about that too much. But, um, yeah, whenever I come home and see more and more girls in the water, it, it is pretty cool to see. Did you happen to catch that doco Girls Can't Surf a couple of years ago? Yes. Yeah, actually, there's a few ladies in there that I've surfed against. Yeah, so, I wondered. Yeah, it was good to watch. A group, a group of renegade surfers challenges the male-dominated professional surfing world for the shared goal of equality and change. And that was... When would that have been set? Maybe the 1980s, so a little bit before you were on the scene. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, probably at least one or two generations, I guess, before me. Um, yeah. But, yeah, those ladies are legends, and, um, yeah, they're definitely the ones that I have to thank for making that pathway for for me and for the future generation of women surfing because, um, yeah, they had it pretty tough. And do we have, a big question I know, but do we have equality these days or these years later? Yes, um, pretty pretty much. WSL, the World Surf League, um, made an equal prize money a few years ago now, which was pretty awesome and to be a part of. Um, and, yeah, the World Tour, there's still a few more men on the tour, but um, first place is the same prize money for for men and women, so it's good to see. Yeah, great. And, um, yeah, I won't spend the whole conversation talking about this issue, but I did also just want to point out that in those early days, the women would surf, but then they'd also be asked to do a lot of sort of basically modelling jobs, right? It was kind of regarded as part of their job, but something the guys didn't have to worry about. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know, yeah, the guys do um do the odd photo shoot as well but it's usually uh pretty easy for them and um i know they sit there they definitely don't, <laughs> yeah and they don't get asked to you know like lose weight or look a certain way um so yeah it's definitely harder for women mm. okay let's take us back to your younger days then because you you knew you loved surfing uh your dad surfed it was natural for you when did you realize you were good at it um, oh, I probably thought I was good when I <laughs> won the local board riders and the under ten girls. Right, <laughs> there was only two of us in it. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think probably when I started winning national contests, um, yeah, as early as the under twelve and fourteen girls. Um, but it probably wasn't until I went to Australia for the under sixteen girls and. Um, got in a final with the likes of pro surfer Sally Fitzgibbons um, and yeah it kind of just clicked because back then the surfing was like the biggest in Australia so I thought oh if I can make make finals against the Aussies then maybe I do have a chance of becoming a pro surfer. Yeah 
And what was it that made you good? Um, it's a hard question for you to answer, I know, but but what was it about your um, – was it that you practiced harder? Were you um, – was it something to do with your strength or speed or your style? What was it? Yeah, I think the early days I just did it a lot, like just consistency. So practice, um, I'd go pretty much every day after primary school mm. and just, yeah, be out there as much as I could. Um, and I guess compared to the other sports, it was kind of like a relaxing sport for me and like I would just go out and have fun and almost didn't realize that I was getting better at it. Um, so that was quite a nice combo looking back at that. And yeah, I guess as soon as I started winning contests, um, yeah, no, I think I've been known over the years as more of like a powerful surfer. Um, but yeah, just the consistency, I think like anything. Tell me about the year 2008 then. That was a pretty significant one for you when you first qualified for the world tour. Yeah, that um, kind of unexpectedly happened. Um, I was just doing the qualifying series for my first year and was just trying to suss it out, I guess, and um, just the new kid on the block and didn't think much of it and um, ended up getting a couple of results and, yeah, winning my first ever World Qualifying Series event, which then helped me get onto the world tour and... um, yeah, definitely didn't expect to qualify my very first year trying, so um, it was a big surprise. And, yeah, looking back, I was still very young. <laughs> yeah, what, what's that like at 17 to, to hit that World Surf League? Uh, not that it was, not the, was it the World Surf League? Sorry, the World Tour anyway. Yeah, um, oh, I think, like, just, yeah, being straight on to that tour, like the top 17 women in the world, all of them literally the year before were my heroes and my idols. And then next thing I'm competing against them and they're my competitors. So, um, yeah, it was pretty eye opening and, um, I was a little bit like a deer in the headlights, but, um, yeah, definitely a very special moment. And I'll remember that year forever. Amazing. Did you learn a lot in that first year? Uh, yes, I did. Um, but again, I was only like 17, 18 and kind of just went with the flow, happy go lucky and tried to take it all in. And, um, yeah, kind of, I guess at the time didn't realize how big it actually was and, um, how good it was to be on that tour. Um, luckily I managed to re-qualify and, and was still on it for consecutive six years Mm. and, then, yeah, got knocked off for a year or two um, and then back on for another two years. So, um, yeah, it's been a pretty awesome journey. You're a goofy footer. Yes, I am, right <laughs> foot forward. <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain the significance of that to people listening? Um, pretty much that between goofy and regular or natural. Um, so goofy, you are standing with your right foot forward and regular or natural is your left foot forward. Mm. And and people could, I mean, you're just drawn to go one way or the other when you first step on a board, do you? Yeah, I think so. I think you're just born with it, like whether you're left or right-handed. Um, it just kind of happens. <laughs> yeah. But it's on the tour, is it less usual for someone to have the goofy stance? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, there's definitely becoming more and more girfies for whatever reason. But, yeah, back in the day, I think at one point I was the only goofer footer, footer on the Women's World huh. Tour. So. Wow. Yeah. Because I imagine it would make a difference to how you were surfing a wave too because you'd either have your back to it or you wouldn't. Would that be right? Yeah, yeah. It can definitely be an advantage or disadvantage. Can you tell me a bit about the competition for a surfer? What do you have to do um, on the day? How does it work? Um, the the drawer is a bit like a tennis drawer. Um, it's usually at least two or two to four girls in each heat, um, and the top fifty percent advance to the next round. Mm. And a heat is usually between twenty to thirty minutes long. And you've got to catch your – they count judge your – five judges judge your two best waves. Um, and you can catch as many waves as you want in the 30 minutes. But it's your two best waves, and they score each wave out of a total points of 10. Oh. Um, so, yeah, the maximum points you can get for a heat is 20, which, um, yeah, has only been a couple of times ever. <laughs> really? Yeah. And that's about you and your performance on the day, but also more, probably more than any other sport, it's about the the weather, right? Um, well, the weather and the, the waves, the conditions. Yeah, for sure. We're always up against the elements and, yeah, um, you know, you could be needing a score in the last minute and the ocean just goes flat. Huh. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you can use it as an excuse, um, but it's kind of the same conditions for everyone out there. As, um, so yeah, you're kind of just surfing against yourself and the elements. How do you pick the right wave? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the more time you spend in the ocean, the more you learn how to read the ocean and what a wave's going to do. Um, so, yeah, just a lot of the time you can kind of pick the right wave, but sometimes, yeah, it's still just a bit of a gamble. <laughs> Do you have favourite um, breaks, favourite parts of the world to surf? Yeah, there's so many. Um, I've been lucky enough to travel all around the world, but um, I still actually really enjoy coming home to Tanaki. We have a uh. lot of fun fun point breaks here around the coast and surf highway 45 but um yeah i think dream waves would be maybe like a boat trip in the mentawais or mentawai islands which is in indonesia yeah um but yeah there's so many waves around the world (laughs) And, and how how long are you traveling for when you're on the tour um most years i'm out of New Zealand, close to 10 months a year. Oh, man. Yeah, so just live out of my suitcase pretty much. So we're, and we're sort of talking about your early career at the moment, but where are you at at the moment? How much are you competing? Um, now's, I guess, my time off or my time to train for next year. So my first comp uh, next year is the 3rd of February, and then from then on I've got, yeah, probably several to 10 comps um, all around the world until November next year. Oh, man. Um, you're doing what you love, but it must be hard at times too. Yeah, um, you definitely get sick of airports. 
Um, but yes, I've been doing it for so long now that it's almost all I've ever known. Um, I almost freak out when I, the first week when I come home, Mm. Oh, what am I doing here? Or where do I, where should I be going next? Um, so yeah, COVID actually, I guess, helped me with that in a way. I I was stuck here for over a year. So, um, yeah, I realized that I, I can do life without surf competitions. <laughs> you say airports are tough, and you travel pretty heavy through an airport too, hey? I, I what, sorry? You travel pretty heavy, I understand. You have a fair amount of luggage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, everywhere I go, there's at least four to six surfboards um, I'm pulling behind me. So, yeah, it's a little bit annoying, but... Um, yeah, it's, it's all worth it. Do you need the right board depending on what the waves are doing on the day? Yeah, yeah. Got a whole quiver for different <laughs> conditions and sizes. <laughs> you, have you done some training with Surf NZ as well? Um, we did do a little uh, two-day breathing camp with them a, a few weeks ago. Um, but, yeah, otherwise not not much training with them. Okay. <laughs> So you've achieved so much and, you know, you've got obviously some things on your calendar, but do you have a goal at the moment, one thing you're working towards? Yeah, my biggest goal at the moment is to qualify for the Paris 2024 Olympics. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Surfing at so, the Olympics, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be nice to get to that. Um, my last chance to qualify for that is actually in February um, at the ISA World Surfing Games over in Puerto Rico. Well, good luck with that. Thank you very much for uh, the uh, exciting times that you've provided us fans in New Zealand. And uh Good luck. It would be so cool to see you representing us again at the Olympics in Paris. And Paige Harab, great to have you home for a short time. Enjoy the rest before you're on the road again. Cool. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Paige Harab on our series on New Zealand's sporting history, another sporting hero. And good to get a bit of her story as well.